Twitch to be alive to see this day. Um, some of us don't deserve, how do I say it? In human terms, we don't deserve to live. Um, but when man writes you out, God writes you in. And so it is by the grace of God that I thank God for that grace. Amen. Um, I also thank God for the life of Pastor Dave and this church. I consider myself a part of this church and would always be. Amen. Um, this church has been very refreshing to me and my family. We came here at a time when we were going through a very difficult time in our lives in our walk with God. Um, we had been we had been hurt or offended, if you would call it so, um, in our, our journey with God, not by God, but by men that we had trusted. And um, we were not running from God, but we needed a place where we could heal. And we found this house to be that place. And we would always, myself and my family, would always consider ourselves a part of this house. Amen. Amen. Um, I thank God for the leadership of this church. Yes, Pastor Dave, but the pastors and leaders here and um, who will put this meeting together and who will continue with the work, Pastor Dave and all of you started. Amen. Um, I say that some of us don't deserve to be alive or um, to be even able to speak um, because, so just two years ago, I, I, and I'm going to share just a little bit about myself, just two years ago I found out I met my father's family for the first time, okay, and that's at age 38. So for the first time in my life, from zero to 38, I'm meeting someone from my father's family. And that's because I took the step to go look for them. And so in human terms, growing up without a father, without that presence in your life, can put your life in any kind of direction. And so I say that some of us don't deserve because if not for the grace of God, if not for the grace of God, my life could have gone in any direction. But God has ordered my steps because he says of me and of you and of all of us that when you were blood clothed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And that was when I ordained you. So that God is not just coming up with something to do in your life and in my life now. You are not a surprise to him. You are not an accident. He knew you before you came into this world, just as he knew me. Amen. And so this morning, I just want us to talk about sacrifice. Sacrifice. And uh, more specifically, the sacrifice of praise. But I want to start by reading in Luke chapter 13. And um, in Luke 13, 16, 
Jesus was going to heal a woman, and there were questions about the legitimacy of why he should or should not heal that woman. And Jesus said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, these many years be freed? Amen. And so, Jesus found legal grounds to heal the woman because she was a daughter of Abraham. Amen. And all of us are considered sons and daughters of Abraham. And Abraham, being our father, laid a very solid foundation for all of us. And so in talking about sacrifice, I believe there are things we can learn from him. Amen. And so we'll read a scripture in relation to Abraham, and then we'll read two other scriptures, and we'll spend time praying and um, sharing fellowship in the Lord. Amen. So in Psalm 22, 3, the Bible says, the Lord inhabits the praise of his saints. And I would want us to read in Genesis chapter 12 back to Abraham, the fact that he's our father and there are things we can learn from him. In Genesis chapter 12, when you read the verse 7 and 8, it says something about Abraham. Okay, I'm there. So it says, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Amen. So that's the verse 7. So God appears to Abraham on his journey going where God has told him to go. And at this time, he's in the land of Canaan. He's not sure what is going on. He's not gotten there. The Bible says in Hebrews actually that he didn't get, get to the land. He didn't get there, but he saw it afar off and rejoiced and embraced it by faith. And on this journey, when he gets to Canaan, the Bible says, The Lord appeared to him and said, To thy seed will I give this land. And there he built an altar. So Abraham hears the voice of God. God speaks to him. God tells him, I'm going to do this for you. And Abraham builds an altar. And I want us to take note of the word build. Okay. And in the verse 8, it says, He removed from there onto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. So he pitched the tent, he built an altar. Let's keep those two words in mind. Pitching a tent and building an altar. He pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hay or Ai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So this is the second time he's building an altar. Amen. So let's read another scripture. Genesis 13, 17 and 18, again in relation to Abraham. It says, This was after Lot had been separated from Abraham. Is that that a pet? A pet snake? 
Okay. <laughs> Come again. It's not real. Okay. <laughs> Just saw it. <laughs> Just being sure. <laughs> I get it. I'm fine. <laughs> now that I know. <laughs> and it says, this was after... Um, Lot's, Lot's headmen and Abraham headmen were in conflict because um, their substance was increasing and um, the land was too small for them. And so Abraham tells Lot, look and choose where you want to go and Lot chooses and goes and now the Lord speaks to Abraham and says, look to the left, to the right and east, north, south and west. As far as your eyes can see, I will give it to you. Or it belongs to you. And he says, so this is God speaking to Abraham. Arise, walk through the land, in the length of it and in the breadth of it. For I will give it unto thee. And Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron. And built there an altar unto the Lord. Amen. So we find that in the walk of Abraham with God, wherever he encountered God, wherever he had an interaction with God, wherever God spoke to him about his promise for his life, he built an altar. The places where he himself dwelt were tents. But in relation to God, in his interaction with God, he made sure that was solid. He made sure the altar was built. He made sure when it comes to God, nothing could change that foundation. It's okay for me to dwell in tents, but when it comes to my relationship with God, when it comes to dealing with God, when it comes to the maker of the universe... I'm going to make sure that I have something solid. Amen. And I believe that as men, we being those that God has trusted with our families and with his church, with many things in our lives, the foundation or in our dealings with him, we must have solidness. Amen. Because that is what makes everything else work out the way it's supposed to work. Today, we are called the sons of Abraham, and Jesus found legitimacy to heal that woman because of Abraham. And that is because Abraham established his relationship with God. That was, the, that, that was the one thing he made sure was solid constantly. He himself as a man could be moving up and down and doing different things, but when God spoke to him, he made sure he sacrificed. He made sure he established an altar. And you would know as much as I would know that wherever there is an altar, there is a sacrifice. There is no altar without a sacrifice. So everywhere Abraham is building an altar, 
he's ready to sacrifice something. To the point that even when God says, give me your only son, the one by whom there is, the promise is going to be fulfilled, he's willing to sacrifice that too. Amen. And I believe that we have this church here because Pastor Dave sacrificed. He sacrificed a lot. A lot. A lot. And so this is an altar that he built with his life. I believe he sacrificed relationships, he sacrificed friends, he sacrificed many things. And he sac- I just shared how myself and my family got healed and restored coming through this place. Because of his sacrifice, we could benefit. And I believe today God is calling on us as men to sacrifice. And what he will call you to sacrifice will be different from what he would call me to sacrifice. But he will speak to you personally. He will speak to me personally about what we need to sacrifice. Amen. But wherever there is an altar, there is a sacrifice. There is no altar without a sacrifice. And so wherever Abraham was building an altar, he was making sure he was sacrificing something. And... The Bible calls us to sacrifice many things. I want us to look at three of those and specifically dwell on one of them. So, we are called to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. In Romans chapter 12, the verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore now, brethren, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord. And then it says something. It says, which is your reasonable service? It's like, which is what is expected of you anyway. So as Christians, we become reasonable when we begin to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Until that point where my body is being offered as a living sacrifice, I'm not being reasonable. Because if Christ gave his everything for us, if God gave his only begotten son for me, then offering myself to him as a living sacrifice is just reasonable. So we are called to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And then in Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, 16. Hebrews 13, the verse 16, it says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. The NIV says they communicate differently. It talks about, I think, sharing your goods or sharing your substance. So it says to do good and to share your substance, to share with those in need, don't forget it. Because God is pleased with such sacrifices. Which means doing good and sharing of what we have is also a form of sacrifice. And it says God is pleased with such sacrifices. So he wants us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. He wants us to do good and share the substances he gives us. And it's a sacrifice he's pleased with. 
And then the verse 15 of Hebrews 13 says, By Jesus Christ, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Amen. And that is where I want us to dwell. The sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks. In our lives and with all that goes on on a daily basis, it's easy to overlook or not be thankful. And as a society and as a people who have been gifted and blessed with so much, we can easily um, take for granted the blessings that God has bestowed on us. I teach in a middle school, and sometimes, sometimes with eighth graders, <laughs> it's, you, you can tell that some don't just have appreciation for what they have to the extent that they are willing to destroy it. Okay, we may not go to that extent, but God is saying he wants us to offer the sacrifice of praise. He wants me to offer the sacrifice of praise. You to offer the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of your lips. The fruit of my lips. It's coming forth out of our mouth. As speaking and declaring boldly and saying to people in our interactions with them, how thankful we are to God. And in our communion with him in prayer, expressing it clearly and boldly, how thankful we are to him for the benefits he gives us, for the many blessings he bestows on us. Amen. And I want us to look at one scripture where we see some of those benefits. And that's the last scripture we are reading, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Acts chapter 16 Acts chapter 16 In Acts 16 A lot of things happen But one of the things that happened is that Paul and Silas are, They come to this city And I might just read it I think it would help us If I read through it Acts 16 I'm going to read from the verse 16 It says and it came to pass, as we went to prayer, that a certain damsel, as in a young girl or young lady, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. And brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, 
and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into, the, into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Amen. We we'll continue reading. So Paul and Silas are in a city. They are preaching the gospel. They've been there for many days. And this young lady, possessed with an evil spirit, or the spirit of divination, sees that, well, whether by the spirit of divination or whatever, sees that these men are men of God. And so she's proclaiming after them as they go about their daily work, these are true men from God who tell us the way by which we will be saved. You won't think anything wrong of it, because what she's saying is true, and she's not condemning what they are doing in any way. But the spirit behind what she's doing or what she's saying, is evil. And so it's not just about what people do and say, but the spirit behind what they do and say. And that is what grieves Paul in his spirit. He gets upset. And he casts out the spirit. Amen. As men and women of God, in our daily interactions with people, it's important we are sensitive. Did I say men and women? As men of God. <laughs> it's important we are sensitive to... Please tell them. <laughs> we are sensitive to the spirit behind what people do. And not just what they are doing. Because people can do good... But what spirit is behind the good they are doing? What is the purpose behind the good they are doing? What is inspiring the good they are doing? And so, for this young lady, she had masters who were making profit from what she was doing. Because by divination, she could tell people what's going on in their lives and get paid for it. And so, when Paul and Silas cast out the spirit... Now there's trouble because someone is not going to make money. And so the masters dragged them to the marketplace, to the magistrates. And without being judged or anything, being given the chance to voice what is going on or whatever it is, they are beaten and they are cast into prison. And we know that we have an enemy as Christians, as Christian men. We have an enemy. Whether we want it or not, there are battles that would come to your life that you did not choose. That you did nothing. All you're doing is going about your business serving God. All you're doing is going about your business doing what God wants you to do. And yet, the enemy will confront you. And Paul and Silas find themselves, themselves in this situation where the enemy confronts them not because of anything evil they have done, but for casting out a spirit that was troubling them constantly as they went about their business. And so they are thrown into prison. And the verse 25 says, And at midnight, 
Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. Amen. Remember, we were talking about offering sacrifice, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. So Paul and Silas, for the sake of the gospel, have been cast into prison. And yet at midnight, they are praising God and giving thanks. So, it is easy, it is very easy for us to, or it would have been easy for them to question God why. All we did was to preach the gospel. Why are we having to suffer these things for preaching the gospel? Exactly. And got beat up. (laughs) Many stripes. And now we are in prison. For doing what you said to do. And so sometimes doing what God says to do does not necessarily mean it may be all joy and celebration. At least not from Paul and Silas who laid the foundation of the church that we are building on. And the Bible says that if Christ suffered, if the master we follow suffered, then we should also count it all joy when we go through diverse kinds of trials and temptation. Okay? So if Christ suffered and he is the one we are following, then if we suffer for following him and doing what is right, it's in his place. And it becomes part of offering our bodies as a living sacrifice for him. And I believe that was the mindset of Paul and Silas in this situation. Our master suffered to the point of being killed. And so if we have been beaten and we are in prison, let's continue to pray and praise God. And so we may find ourselves in different situations that are not comfortable as men. And God says, okay, when you get in that situation where it's not comfortable, where it is not what you expected, it's not the fruit you expected from the labor you had invested. Offer the sacrifice of praise. Offer the sacrifice of praise. Remember, it's a sacrifice. It is not the comfortable thing to do. It is not the easiest thing to do. It's a sacrifice. The sacrifice of praise. It's an altar. Just as Abraham raised altars, that is the anchor of our salvation today. Whenever you are offering the sacrifice of praise, you are raising an altar. Because wherever there's an altar, there is a sacrifice. So when you are offering a sacrifice, it's an altar you are raising. And in the life of Paul and Silas, let's see the results of their altar or their sacrifice. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly... 
there was a great earthquake so that the foundation the foundations of the prison were shaken so that's the first thing that happens for paul and silas it was literal earthquake the foundations of the prison shook you and i may not be in fiscal prisons and so we may not see literal earthquakes. But if we happen to be in such situations for the sake of the gospel, we will and can see that. But we will see spiritual earthquakes as we offer the sacrifice of praise. Mental roadblocks would be broken. Strongholds in our minds that stop us from becoming all that God wants us to become will be taken care of. And things in our families that do not line up or are not the way God wants them to be or we want them to be, they will be straightened out as we offer the sacrifice of praise. Amen. So that's the first thing. It says, the foundations of the prison were shaken. When we offer the sacrifice of praise, it shakes foundations. It shakes foundations. And then it says, And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands or chains were loosed. So the second benefit of offering the sacrifice of praise we see from this scripture is that it breaks chains. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that, oh, we sing this song. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Amen. And as we offer the sacrifice of praise to God, as we praise him in the midst of whatever situation, whatever it is, chains are broken. Sometimes that is all it takes to break the chains. Sometimes that is all it takes to lift our hands and say, God, we give you praise. It doesn't, we are not going to be concerned with the situation. We are not going to be concerned with the circumstances. We are not going to allow these to get our attention and take our attention from you. Because we know you are the maker of the universe. We know you are in charge. We may not have what it takes to take care of this situation, but you do. You are bigger than this. And so we would offer to you the sacrifice of praise. Paul and Silas were beaten with many stripes. They would have been in pain by this time. They would have been in pain. There would have been a lot of suffering going on in their bodies. But the Bible says at midnight, they sang praises to God and prayed. Let's continue reading. And as they prayed, two things have happened already. The foundations of the prison have been shaken, their chains have been loosed. And what I want us to take note of is, it says, immediately all the doors were opened. So it wasn't just the door that they, of the prison that they were in, but all the doors of the entire prison. So your praise as a man your sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise you lay on the altar does not only lead to your doors being open. 
it leads to the other doors of other prisoners that are associated with you being open. Amen. And then it says, and everyone's chains. So not just them, but everyone in that prison at that time. So your sacrifice does not lead to your liberation alone. It leads to a lot of people benefiting. Just as today we benefit from Abraham's sacrifice. Your sacrifice leads to generations benefiting. There will be generations after you that the sacrifice you make will benefit. They will benefit from the sacrifices you make. If you don't, there are things that if you don't deal with, your sons would have to come and deal with them. If they don't deal with them, the next generation would have to come and deal with them. But if you deal with them, the next generation would not have to come and deal with them. They would only build upon the foundation you have laid. And that's what we see here that Paul and Silas's praise did not only liberate them, it liberated everyone in the prison. So your sacrifice is not only liberating you, it's not just for you. It's not just for you. It's for everyone that is connected to you. Amen. And then it says in the verse 27, And the keeper of the prisoner awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself. Supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before, before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Says, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto them, him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his house straight away. Amen. So the third thing we see here is that Paul and Silas' sacrifice led to the salvation of the keeper of the prison. And not just him, but his whole house. So now it's extending beyond the prison itself. It's extending beyond the chains. It's extending beyond their immediate environment. Now it's extending to the one who was keeping them in prison. And not just him, but his entire household. And they are not just being physically loosed. Now they are being spiritually loosed from the bondage of the enemy. Now they are coming to know the Lord for whose sake Paul and Silas were in prison. And so we may not understand if things happen to us and things go wrong if we, because of the gospel we preach. But in the long term, it will lead to the salvation of many. If in the midst of it, we are persistent with our sacrifice of praise. With our sacrifice of praise. I believe one of the things that God desires to do 
this year is to have us as men offer to him the sacrifice of praise. Regardless of the circumstance. To keep our hands up and say, Lord, we would praise you. There are battles in scripture that have been won only with praise. And the God of those battles is the same God we have today. And there are battles, the battles you are fighting, you are going to win them by praise. You're going to win them with your hands lifted to God. Father, you are my God. It makes no difference what comes my way. It doesn't matter what it is. You are my God. I'm going to praise you no matter what. I'm going to, if there is one thing I'm going to keep constant, if there is one thing I'm going to make solid, if there is one thing I'm going to build and make sure it's firm, it is my sacrifice of praise. Everything else can be shaky. Everything can be moved up and down. But my altar of praise, my altar, where I sacrifice my praise to you, I will build it. I will make sure it's solid. I'll make sure it doesn't change. Amen. And the last thing we see is that in the verse 34, it says, And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Amen. So Paul and Silas have, have been the, the keeper of the prison, brought them into his house. Their wounds are washed, they are cleaned. They preach the gospel to them. They are saved. They are baptized. They eat. Amen. And there's a lot of little tiny things we can pick up and learn, glean from, but we're not going to go into all that. But the point is, eventually they get freed themselves. They get liberated because of the sacrifice of praise. So they are no longer in chains, they are no longer in prison. And their wounds are being bound. They are being taken care of. Meat is set before them. They have food to eat. They are rejoicing. And so it eventually paid off. What were they preaching the gospel for anyway? Was it not for the salvation of men? Did they get eventually what they wanted? Think of it. This is the keeper of the prison. Think of the number of people that come to prison. Whose lives will be touched through this keeper of prison, of the prisons, because they've come to believe in Christ. Think of the guys in the prison who, who were bound for whatever reasons they were in there for, whose chains went loose, and they are thinking, what's going on here? Who are these men? And I believe for a while, that will be the tale or the story that will be told in the prison for a long time. And I believe these men would come to salvation in Christ. Because Paul and Silas went to prison. And when they were in prison, they offered the sacrifice of praise. So this is what I believe the Lord um, laid on my heart to share with you. That in this year, or as men, let's continue to offer the sacrifice of praise. Let's continue to offer the sacrifice of praise. Because our sacrifice of praise produces a lot of results. A lot of results. And we may not see all of them with our physical eyes, but just because we don't see them does not mean 
there are no results. And most of them we are going to see because we will see the fruit of the sacrifices we are making. But whether I see the fruit of it or I don't see the fruit of it, um, nothing must be exalted beyond our God. Because he is bigger than all. And he deserves all the praise. Amen. Amen. And so, yeah, that's, that's what God wanted me to share with you. <laughs> Amen. Um, and, and as I pray through the week, and since um, Pastor Tim mentioned to me, there are, there's one thing I believe God shared with me or laid on my heart, and it may apply to one of us here, that you're going to receive an inheritance that you don't really need for yourself. And it's, it's actually more than what you personally can use. And I believe what God was saying to do is not to be like the, the, the foolish rich man who said, well, I have more than enough to eat. Let me build storehouses and store them in so I can live off of it. God is saying it's a seed he's giving you to sow into ministries, especially beginning ministries, to support his work so that the gospel would be preached. And like he said, Jesus said in other places where he says, uh, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. God is saying when you do that, you don't really need it anyway. It's more than you actually need. But God is saying when you do that, when you put the essence into his kingdom, you would lay for yourself treasures in heaven. And those treasures, nothing can destroy. So whoever that applies to, um, just take heed and put it to work. When you receive that inheritance, or if you have already received it and you are wondering what to do, put it towards his kingdom. Amen. And I believe also that God was saying he's going to move some of us from eating crumbs to eating at the king's table. Amen. It is um, the woman that came to Jesus did rightfully say that the food that falls off of the table or the crumbs, it's okay for the dogs to eat of it. But so, yes, if it's falling off of God's table, whatever it is, it's good. <laughs> Amen. But God, and this, when I was coming, God was just ministering to me, talking about the fact that we, we, Pastor Dave might have just received of the crumbs, a little bit of the crumbs. Billy Graham might have just received of a little bit of the crumbs. Amen. But God told David, and he inspired us and said, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. For some of us, eating crumbs is not what belongs to us because... It, we're eating crumbs because it's the doing of the enemy. It's not the doing of God. And what God is saying is that you are not going to continue eating crumbs. You are shifting, or he's shifting you from eating crumbs to eating at his table. Amen. Amen. To being a son and eating from his table. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So do, those are the two things that God laid on my heart, and um, I'm going to 
turn it loose. We may pray for each other, minister to each other. And um, yes, amen. Oh, thank you, brother, for bringing the word. Hallelujah. So God did not disappoint. <laughs> thank you for the word burning your heart. I mean, it was just like there's fire going this way. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to the word. Hallelujah. And I, I agree. We're no longer. Sometimes the devil wants to paint in our minds that we're just those little dogs. And we only deserve the crumbs. But God says, no, I've made you my sons. You get to sit at the king's table as my son. Everything I have, whatever you want, is yours. You know, when my, me and my daughter, daughter goes out and everything, you know, uh, I've got stuff on my plate. If she sees something she wants, she is more than welcome. Everything that I have is yours. If you want my plate, you can have my plate, you know, because I love her. And God loves us in that same way. He goes, everything I have, I give to you. I'm not holding anything back. Anything the devil's told you that you do not deserve, it's a lie. You are his sons, and he loves you dearly. He withholds nothing back. If he gave his son to come, suffer, and die on the cross, he said, why would you even think I would withhold anything, any good thing? It's yours. Take your seat at the table of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is an abundance there. There's more, for, more enough for you and to share. <laughs> Hallelujah. He always blesses over in abundance. I'm so glad you guys came here today. I think this is a, a new beginning for a really good thing to do. So um, I think we should just pray in the spirit. And what I want you guys to do is just pray for one another, just whoever's next to you. You know, if it's just laying your hands on them and praying in the spirit. If you have a word to give to them from the Lord, go ahead and do it. Feel free to do it. But let's just minister to one another, okay? And if you feel like just standing up and praising, well, you stand up and praise him. Uh, those altars are altars of remembrance also. Those things are solid in you and in your heart that you build so that when you come by, you can, you can say, God did this for me at this time. And everyone that comes by, they can see, well, why did you do this? What is this about? And then you can share the goodness and the graciousness and the love of our God and Father. So it's a wonderful. Thanks for the word, brother. So let's just pray for one another, and then, um, and then we'll dismiss, okay? Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for one another, Lord. We are your children. We're here, Lord, with your spirit in us. The, Holy, the same Holy Spirit that made the universe and everything that is in it. Oh, Lord, and also that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells, oh, Lord, in every one of your sons here tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, that there is power, oh, Lord, unstoppable, unyielding in every way to cause your will to be done. And your will happens, oh, Lord, through your Men, the men on, in this world, Lord, your hands, we are your hands and your feet. Lord, you do not move unless we move. So, Lord, I pray, oh Lord, that we would just reach out our hands and that we would allow your power to move and work in our brothers' lives, Lord, to bring uh, just health and deliverance and freedom and fullness of life. Oh Lord, you brought all this. You put all this on the table before us. And Lord, I pray that we would all eat, Lord, until we are full and overflowing.
I pray, O oh Lord, that in every way, O oh Lord, that we would join our hearts together, O oh Lord, to accomplish your plan and your will, oh Lord, for this church, for this city, for our families. Lord, we need one another. Help us, O oh Lord, to bind together, O oh Lord, stand together, shoulder to shoulder. No matter what comes at us, Lord, we will run it headlong. We will be like Caleb and, and, um, and Jacob and run toward the enemy. If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. No matter how big the foe looks. It doesn't matter if he's Goliath or a whole nation that comes against us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are greater. You're greater in us, Lord. And together we will stand. Hallelujah. Together we will stand. We thank you for your presence, for your power, for your love so evident, your joy so evident, and your peace so evident. And so, Lord, we pray for one another, Lord. And I pray, oh, that by your spirit, by your power, you administer through us to one another. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit, moving, O Lord, and working, O Lord, through us to our brothers, to meet, O Lord, each and every single need, Lord. You paid for it all. Oh, Lord, and you've given us all, all that we could ever need or even hope for. And, Lord, even beyond for. And we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for moving and working by your spirit. Oh, Lord, upon them, in them, through them, for them, for their families, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for your supernatural even now moving and working in them. Oh, Lord, in their families, oh, Lord, in their lives. Oh, Lord, in this church, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, going out in every direction, causing your will and your plan and your heart, oh, Lord, to take place, oh, Lord, in us, through us and for us, hallelujah. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Lord, for moving. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done in and through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, and we will, no matter what's going on around us, Lord, we will praise you. We will honor you for you're worthy. Lord, we lift our hands, O oh Lord, to you and say, God, you've got this. You are our God, and who is greater than you? There's no circumstance. There's no problem. There's no person. There's no government. There's no nothing that can stand against you. So, Lord, when we surrender our hearts, O oh Lord, in our lives, as we raise our hands to you, we say, it is yours. It's yours. And when you move and you work, we just stand back, Lord, and we see the goodness, the graciousness, the wondrous, the mercies of our God and Father. We thank you, Lord, for moving, O Lord, powerfully. As you move, the Lord, in Paul and Silas' lives, O Lord, as we praise, I thank you, Lord, that even now, Lord, O Lord, that, that, those, that prison, O Lord, that we've been found in, Lord, that it's being shaken, Lord. Those doors are being open in Jesus' name. Lord, those chains are falling off in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that we're walking out those doors and we have a testimony of our, the goodness of our God and the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that we walk in freedom. We walk in freedom. We walk in freedom. 
And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us as, as men of God as husbands, as fathers, as brothers, hallelujah, to the Lord to be a strength and a ministry that you are our servants, that you may use us to bless those in the Lord, whom we love and whom you love. I pray, oh Lord, that you would, it's not just us. We don't live our lives just for us. The things we do, are, we, we, have, we have to know that we're, it's not just for us. But as we give you praise, as we honor you and lift you high, that, O Lord, others are blessed. Others also set free. Others, O Lord, the doors will be opened, O Lord, hallelujah. And that they, O Lord, could be healed in, O Lord, and provided for too. So, Lord, I pray, O Lord, that, that we just not do it for us. But, Lord, that we know that we're doing it for others too. We have a responsibility that you have given us, Lord. And we want to go forth and be good servants, faithful servants. We want to, from our Lord and our Savior, we want to hear from him at that time, you know, thou good and faithful servant. So help us, Lord. I thank you we don't have to do it alone, but you've given us your spirit to help us. So let's look to him, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, when we can't do it ourselves, well, we just, well, Holy Spirit, here, you got to help. <laughs> and I thank you, Lord, that you'll always be there to help, always. And we just thank you, Lord, that this life we can live, that you've called us to live through your spirit. And so we thank you for him that you've given us. And we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful life that we have and that we get to enjoy and that we get to give to others also. And we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody have anything to share? <laughs> well, anybody else? And then you can come back. I'll, I'll, I'll turn the recording off and come back to you. Anybody else want to share? Are we all good? All right.